Hey everyone, on today's podcast, Caleb and I are going to step away from the ACT and talk about another standardized test, the GRE. We'll discuss what the test covers, who needs to take it, how it's scored, and how best to prepare for the test. Let's get started. Andy's mints, York peppermint patties, yum, chocolate mint day, junior mints. Oh, mm-hmm. how do we leave that one out? It's oh yeah, junior mints. My husband really likes junior mints. Oh yeah, it's like a it's like the perfect snack in a movie too. It really is. Yeah, it really is. Although they're kind of noisy. Mm. They are. I mean, out of a box. Oh, you like, mean the box? Right, right. The boxes. Yeah, they're not like barking at me or anything. <laughs> it's like they're <laughs> chewing them or as noisy? No. Mm. Yeah, know. well, it is chocolate mint day, which is really, it's a good day. That I didn't know that day. was today until I looked at it and then I thought, ooh, ooh this is an important day. <laughs> this, is an, this is a big day. <laughs> That's how I get through most days, right? Right, right. Mm. Exactly. A little bit, mm. throw a little bit of chocolate we in your good. We may or may not have a snack drawer at home in our kitchen that has mostly chocolate and chocolate mint. What is your favorite chocolate mint? I would probably have to go with Junior Mints. I just think mm. they, they take me back to when I was a kid. Uh, I mean, my wife likes the what are the more fancy versions. The, I don't know if they're Ghirardelli or oh, like yeah. all of those. Yeah. She likes stuff like that. You just like the good old... Yeah, just keep it simple. Yeah. I think we have some Junior Mints in that drawer, actually. <laughs> probably but, do. Thanks for asking. I know your wife. You have a little bit of everything in that drawer. It's very organized as well. <laughs> well, that's questionable at the moment. Oh, shoot. Okay. <laughs> Mine would have to be Andy's mints. Andy's. Mm, wow. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like that happened like at restaurants. They always had oh. them growing up in the 80s and Olive early 90s. Garden. Oh, Olive Garden still does? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so does Brass Onion, which is, if you have oh, a great yeah. local yeah. local spot, yep. an OP. Um, I, every time I walk out, I grab one because it's just like sentimental. Or five. Or five. I don't you know. With a handful, maybe you just dump, you just dump the container and you. Actually, it's my pocket. kids. They they oh. grab a bunch. I'm like, wait, I want some. <laughs> Get some for me. You've trained them well. <laughs> I know. I love it. They love anything chocolate, so they really don't care if it's chocolate mint or chocolate or raspberry or. Yeah, as long as it's sweet and yeah, as a kid, yeah, <laughs> they'll love it. So celebrate today with chocolate mint. Do Go it. pick up your favorite Andes. <laughs> Or junior men's. Mm. <laughs> I like how we paused on those. Whatever your guilty pleasure is. That's fun today. So, But today on the podcast, we're actually going to talk about the GRE. Something even more fun. Even more fun than <laughs> chocolate mint. You yeah, can so study for the GRE while eating chocolate you, mints. You probably should. It'll make the whole studying process way better. I just read something that if you eat like a like mints or something while you're studying or chew gum while you're studying and mm-hmm. then chew gum while you're taking the test, it will help you remember different things that you studied Interesting. for the I lo- test. I love little things like that. Yeah. So now, you really should. You really should eat chocolate mint while you're studying and during the test. Now, the ironic part is most of those testing centers don't allow any kind of outside food mm, or gum. Or failure. Anything. So you have to like sneak them in in your sneak cheek them in. or something. Maybe just have them in your pocket unwrapped. <laughs> oh, And then shoot. pop them in. You're like, oh, I and, don't remember this. Oh, wait, get hold on. <laughs> from the test. Out $250. And oh, oh shoot. Okay. Anyway. Maybe not. Yeah. Don't, it's a good theory. Don't do that, everybody. Maybe just do the gum instead. Chew gum. 
That's right. You can't even chew gum. You can't gum? chew gum either. No. <sighs> they have to spit it out. Are you serious? Yeah. It's kind of weird. Again, the chomps. Flavored water? Chomp. Have you ever been around somebody who chomps? Yeah, it's disgusting. Oh, yeah. It's gross. And now imagine taking a test and listening to that. Yeah, it's rude. Yeah, that sounds awful. My kids do that all the time. And I look at them. All I have to do is look at them. Like, hello. <laughs> Your eyes are so giant right now. I know. Because <laughs> you're looking at me. <laughs> I felt like I should now- be spitting out some gum or something. <laughs> That's, that's uh, the look. That's the look. That's the look. There it is. My kids know. They just shut their <laughs> mouths automatically. Like, are you serious right now? That's disgusting. Shut your mouth. <laughs> I think I get that look from Molly every once in a while. Well, if you're chewing with your mouth open, yes, you should. Rightfully so. <laughs> I've learned to chew quietly. Yes. Yes. Even with your mouth closed? Yeah, even with my mouth closed. Mm, okay. It's a skill. <laughs> That is a skill. <laughs> it's slow. The, the key is chew slowly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> back to the GRE. Back to the GRE. The Caleb. Graduate, graduate records exam. I was just going to say, tell yeah. us what that stands for. Graduate records yeah, so exam. A lot, of, a lot of tests don't actually have like, like SAT doesn't actually stand for anything anymore. Mm-hmm. And everybody's kind of forgotten the others. But every once in a while you, you still hear the, the actual name, graduate records exam. Yeah. When, when you're looking at a college or graduate school or whatever mm-hmm. whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So you take this test mm-hmm. in uh, for to get into a graduate school or yeah. business school application, like yeah. the whole process? Yeah, so the graduate school admission uh, landscape has shifted a little bit. So there used to be very strict testing requirements. So if you were going to business school, you had to take the GMAT. Mm-hmm. If you're going to law school, you had to take the LSAT, right? Mm-hmm. Most med schools, you had to take the MCAT, right? Yep. Now, some of that still holds true, and it's generally right. But we're seeing a lot of cross uh, cross exams kind of come, come into different programs, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, a lot of law schools are actually uh, accepting GMATs. Okay. And some are accepting GREs. And then, like you just said, a lot, some business schools are now accepting GREs. Mm-hmm. So, it's, it's kind of getting mixed a little bit. And, and I think different schools are just seeing value in different tests for their particular program. And I think it kind of makes some sense. Right. I don't, I don't hate it. It's yeah. just confusing on the student. I, I think so cool. too. Yeah. So but, if you know you want to go to business school, do you take the GRE or the GMAT? Even though maybe you're better at the GRE, but not all the schools will take the GRE. That's true. It's messy. It is a little bit messy. That's kind of true. Dumb. So how do you know which is best? I think, I think getting the baseline, just like what we talked about with the ACT, mm-hmm. making sure that the student has a baseline, knows how they're doing currently so mm-hmm. that they can make a good game plan going forward. It kind of holds true here, too. You're going to take a, a practice GRE mm-hmm. through ETS. So ETS is actually the manufacturer of the GRE. Yep. They also make things like uh, the TOEFL. So for international students who are coming and studying in the U.S., they have to take an English proficiency exam mm-hmm. called the TOEFL, and they make a whole, whole bunch of exams. So like, I, I helped a, a student preparing for his... Um, his licensure in audiology. Oh, yeah. PhD in audiology. You yes. remember that process. I do. <laughs> that was fun. I do. Um, and, and the maker of that exam was actually ETS. So they, they, they were handed a lot of different yeah. areas. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. So the GRE specifically is a multiple choice. 
Sort of, in some cases. Okay. Okay. So the GRE is is interesting in this way, and and I kind of like it. Uh, Most people probably hate it, (laughs) but it's testing some material in lots of different ways, right? So there are some multiple choice, Mm -hmm. kind of like what we normally see, but they also throw in like multiple choice with one or more correct answers. That's tricky. drives students nuts. Yes. Kind of fun. So there is a correct answer or there are two correct answers? They may have six answer choices and one is right. Or maybe all six or somewhere in between. Okay. And if you say there there are three correct answers on that question and you only answer two, you get it wrong. Mm. Or if you answer four, you get it wrong. So is it like a question, you know, here's the question and the answers are A, B, C, D is A and B. No, it no, would be, it would be it's f- even different, completely different. Yeah, it, it's it's really very distinct thing. So they'll say which of the following like in a math question, which of the following uh, would be is, is definitely true, okay. essentially. And they give you a diagram with a few parameters. And again, maybe there are three ways to solve it. And guess what? There are three correct answers, oh. but you have to know all three. Because if you only do two, you're doing really great. But guess what? You wrong. still miss the question. Yeah. So that's, that's really tricky. And then there's in math, there's numeric entry. So you actually have to do the entire math problem and then plug in the answer and hope you did it right. Mm. <laughs> there's no crutch of the, the multiple okay. choice. Right. And then even some of the multiple choice is actually uh, a little bit different because it's uh, comparative mm-hmm. pieces. And and when I say math, this is actually the analytical reasoning section. Yes. Uh, I'm shorthand calling it the math because mm-hmm. it's really what it is. Um, but they have the, the quantitative comparison pieces. And basically, they give you two values and you have to say, which is, which is greater? Is it A? Is it B? Are they the same or... There, there's no relationship. Like we can't figure it out from yeah. what you gave us. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, those are kind of interesting too. Yeah. Cause you have to know uh, it. Just, I mean, you, and, yeah. And, yeah. And they're just different. Yeah. Right. Like stu- most, most people who are going on to the GRE, they've taken an ACT or an SAT. Mm-hmm. They've gone through college. They've taken some multiple choice, basic tests like this. This is what, this is very different. Yeah. It's sounds like kind it. of fun. Is it timed? It is timed. Okay. Okay. So, so that process, again, generally students don't have as much timing issues as maybe they do on the ACT, mm-hmm. but, but we, I mean, I still hear about it quite a bit. Yeah. So for instance, the, uh, you actually start off with an analytical writing section. Yes. Kind of different, uh, starting with that piece and students are allotted a certain amount of time to complete those. Uh, there are two tasks and they are given, oh man, 30 minutes to complete each, I believe. Okay. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's it's 30 minutes each. We'll yeah. just say that. Yeah. And there's a there's a analyze an issue piece as well as an analyze an argument. And they're mm. always in that same order. Okay. So that's kind of handy. An issue and an argument. Okay. <clears throat> and then we get to the good stuff, right? The things that we normally see, mm-hmm. like the quantitative reasoning section. Okay. So here, students are going to have 25 questions and 40 minutes to complete it. Mm-hmm. All right. And there are two of them. And we'll kind of get to this in a second. Uh, an, another important piece. Um, and the the verbal reasoning is going to be 25 questions, but only 35 minutes. OK. So a little less time, but same number of questions. Right. So it's kind of formatted similarly. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk about the verbal a little bit more in a second. But the, what I was going to say is the the sections, they get more difficult. So, so not in an in, in, in individual section. But if you do really, really well on your first analytical reasoning section, Mm -hmm. guess what? That second one's going to be really tough. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So they weight it differently. Okay. Or again, maybe 
didn't do so hot and the next one's easier and you're getting a lot of them right and you're feeling mm-hmm. pretty confident. Well, keep getting them right because we want to make sure we're getting yeah. them. But it means we didn't do great on that first that first section. Okay. And the same thing with verbal. They get they, they can get more difficult or uh, easier. Depending on your adaptive. inserts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Computer adaptive in that okay, way. Okay, so that's completely different than ACT yeah, or SAT. Sure. GMAT, on the other hand, again, just as a comparison point, the GMAT, every question is, you're they're either going to get uh, more difficult, they're going to stay the same difficulty, or they're going to get easier. Okay. Um, so the first questions are arguably the most important on the on the GMAT mm-hmm. because we want to get to those really difficult questions so we can build up that momentum and get as many total points. So again, slowing it down on those first ones is really important. Yep. The GRE, again, they aren't in a certain order. Uh, one of the things I like about the GRE and the ETS is that they actually release the the percentile of number of questions, number of students who get certain questions right throughout the entire book. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Some of them are kind of relatively easier. So like 85% of students maybe get that question right. Mm -hmm. But some of them are really tricky and maybe like 15 or 18% of of these really high achieving people actually get the question right. So that's how you know you have a really tough question. Okay. And it'll say that when you're taking the test. It won't tell you when you're taking the test. No, it's in in their materials. Yeah. So if you take a look and and look through the official GRE books, they have all that data. And it's it's kind of helpful Mm because if you're like, holy crap, how am I supposed to get that one right? Right. Well, almost nobody is. So (laughs) only 5% are. So (laughs) yeah, it's okay. Take a deep breath and go get the next one. Right. Right. So that's so interesting. So uh, one thing that I read about what the test includes is that, you know, obviously the verbal reasoning, the quantitative reasoning and the analytical writing. But these are skills that have been have been developed over a long period of time and are not related to a specific field of study, but are important for all. I mean, let's dig into that for a little bit. Okay. It's just it's just crazy to me, like skills that have been developed over a long period of time. Like your life. I mean, just skills that you should know. How, how do we prepare for this? Well, a lot of it, again, it goes back to who's creating this and it's psychometric tasks, right? Mm-hmm. So some of it is kind of, some of it's actually intuiting some of it. Some of it is just, again, when we get into the verbal piece, we're talking about vocabulary that you can't memorize overnight. <laughs> right. <laughs> like there are these words that just pop up that we just have never heard in our lives and mm-hmm. then we just have to use some good testing strategies from there. Um, but the, the more, more a person reads, mm-hmm. the more they are kind of geared in that verbal way, like they're just going to do a little bit better here, mm-hmm. yep. right? They're going to have a little bit more knowledge. I mean, I even think back to one of the first GRE tests I ever took, and I'm going to admit this right mm-hmm. here. <laughs> there was a que- there was a question that popped up, and I was like, "This, I don't have a good answer for this. Like, what do I do?" Yeah, because I didn't know one of the words, and it seems really silly, but it was a really easy word looking back now. Of mm-hmm. course, do you remember but what it was? It was row. So R O W. R O W. So I was like, hmm, I don't Row? know this. R O W. R O W. And there are a ton of definitions, but one of the definitions is actually British, and I've never enjoyed British television or British humor. So okay. I don't watch that naturally. Right. So I, I was talking with somebody, and they're like, oh, you don't hear this whenever you watch this show or this show. And I'm like, nope, the don't BBC. watch those. <laughs> right. Yeah. And basically, it just means like a, a fight or an altercation or something okay. like that. But I never, again, a row. Okay. I, I didn't clearly even pronounce it correctly in my own head when I saw yeah, the word because I just right. didn't know it. Right. And it's just a three-letter word. Like, that should be an easy one. Yeah. Don't take anything for granted. That does seem familiar. I don't know. I mean, maybe I've heard about it or heard someone say that at one point. 
once now that you hear it, that's not you'll common. Hear it, you'll hear it all over the place. And there, okay. there's that cool phenomenon. Like yes. when you get a new car, like then you start seeing it everywhere. Right? Yes. You're just more, you're more readily mm-hmm. seeing it. Mm-hmm. Same thing with words like this. It's you'll see it all the time. Now. Yeah. Oh, crazy. I love that. Okay. I'm, I'm going to anyway. look for it now. Well, I'm watching the crown. So oh, yeah. it'll be in there. Somewhere, it'll be I'm in sure. there. Yes. I'm pretty confident. Now I'm really going to listen to it. Even more it. so. Even more so. Yeah, I just picture you like watching it on mute now. <laughs> you're, you're actually going to listen to it. That'd Although, be so weird. There's not, a, there's not a lot of fights on The Crown. There aren't. So, not no, yet. Not yet. I actually That's have true. never seen The, ra- no, the Crown. No, you haven't. No, we yeah. already talked about that. It's a good show. But so no, no rows. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now that we know now the definition, know. There it is. the meaning. Hmm. So, again... What they're testing is some, again, a lot of it's learned, right? Mm-hmm. It's just they, the way that they are talking about it, they're talking about it in the context of somebody who has been thinking about these things and building these skills over a lifetime is going to have an easier job of getting a of higher course. score. Yes. Right. Yeah. Now, again, a lot of it is training and a mm-hmm. lot of it is being able to identify like, what are the tendencies? Right. So like we have a list of maybe about three or 400 words that if students know those, they're going to be pretty mm-hmm. well set and in addition to their regular vocabulary it's just they they love testing these words that nobody uses in their Mm -hmm. everyday conversations but again on a test like this if you know them if you look through them if you're studying them they're going to be more familiar right and and again like i said we don't have to know every word in the dictionary in Mm -hmm. order to get a really good score right we just need to no more than the average bear. Right. And that's a good point. That's a really good point. Let's talk about how it's scored a little bit. Okay. So the general test, it is verbal reasoning. The score mm-hmm. scale is 130 to 170 in one point increments. Right. So you could get a 138. You could get a 164. Mm-hmm. You can get all these different scores. Mm-hmm. Um, and and generally again it's not a perfect thing because the the two sections are actually the percentiles are different but generally a 150 in each is about the 50th percentile okay and same for quantitative reasoning reasoning yeah same with quantitative so quantitative and verbal are both those scores most schools will not actually like combine scores like like the act you take an average of your four subsections Mm -hmm. or the Mm -hmm. sat you you have a combined score with your your verbal your two verbal sections and your two math sections right you combine those scores most schools don't combine they're going to look at scores individually or if they do again the, the depends on the program they, they may say oh you need a minimum of the 300 okay and you may be really good at math then you get 160 points there yeah. and then you only have to get 140 in the verbal or vice versa okay but most of the time it's most just individualized time, yeah. okay and then the analytical reading piece is zero to six and half point increments yeah which that's is a little weird. bit different it is kind of weird this is actually scored very similarly to the like the act writing mm-hmm. uh, where you have two graders and they're grading it uh the difference here is that instead of adding the the points essentially they are kind of averaging out mm-hmm. essentially okay Hmm. So interesting. Okay. And then how often can you take the GRE? Yeah. So for the ACT, you have national test dates, right? right. There's national test several dates. throughout yeah. the year. Sometimes, you know, states have different uh, test dates that they offer their juniors or mm-hmm. their students. Um, but the GRE is a little bit different. Yeah. You can take the GRE at any of the locations. And like here in Casey Metro, we have we have four locations where students can go actually take the exam. Okay. Um, 
So you just basically find a day and time where you can dedicate a full four hours or more <laughs> <Yeah>. to <laughs> to go take the test right. and you take it. And you can take it online or on paper. Yeah, they've gotten away from most of the paper. Mm-hmm. Um, 98 or 99% is probably uh, online now. Unless you have an accommodation, mm-hmm. then maybe there's an opportunity for paper. Okay. But, okay. Um, and then, then you can take it really as many times as you want. But again, with it's a little bit cost prohibitive, of course. Yeah, 250 bucks right? a pop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you, you have to wait at least 21 days. Mm. Pro and con, other than the writing assessment, uh, that that piece, that score, you do get your scores immediately. Oh, that's nice. That is. Why is that a con? It can be nice. It, I mean, sometimes you you're drained and you're exhausted and you don't want to know the score. <laughs> give me a few days to right, collect give, my thoughts. Give me a second. Tell yeah. me tomorrow. Please. Okay. <laughs> right. Let me get a good night's rest. Um, I, I, I like it. Some students have expressed that it makes them more a little bit more anxious. Okay. As, as they get closer to the end of the test. But Oh, okay. Well, I can see that, I guess. They know they're going to, like, they're not feeling super confident and mm-hmm. now they know they're going to see it. Now, you can also at the very end say... I want to get rid of this. <laughs> I oh, really? don't want, I don't even, don't even score it. Don't, don't even show me my score yeah, because, and then they, you actually don't have the option to ever seeing the score. What? Um, just, they just get sent to schools. And it doesn't get sent to schools. Like oh, it gets canceled. It's, oh, wow. But you just sat there for that whole time. So And wasted money. Yeah. Why not just get the scores? Oh, that's my take. yeah. That's just a bit of a waste. Yeah. The other thing, and this is weird from my perspective, when you walk into the test, first of all, they have like a little locker where you have to like take out your wallet and your phone and mm-hmm. everything out of your pockets and everything. You okay. have a little locker, but they make you go fill out this this document and a part of it is actually writing in cursive the like, I, I swear that I will not do this or that or this. In cursive. I hadn't written in cursive. <laughs> In probably oh, 15 no. or 20 years because my handwriting when I write with cursive is awful, let alone when I print, it's still not great. <laughs> right? Small, small font. Right. So it just as a heads up, just yeah. be prepared. That was the toughest part of the test for me because it took me so long to remember how to make like a capital Q. Right. Oh, <laughs> it looks let me like have a two. think about that for a second. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that is weird. (laughs) And I think some students, they got rid of cursive for a little while. Well, I I think I saw a stat maybe a year or so ago. Maybe only 40% of schools nationwide are actually teaching cursive. Really? See, my my kids are. Yeah. And they start in second grade. Okay. And they kind of get a badge. They get a badge after, you know, second grade, maybe in third grade. I don't know. Sam's studying it now, so probably at the end of second grade, where they've mastered cursive, I love and they that. they love it. I mean, they they think it's really cool, which right. I I always liked to write in cursive when yeah. I was in you know younger, grade school, middle school. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's you kind of feel like you're growing up. Like right? I, that's what I kind of remember. Right? Like, oh, my parents write in cursive. Yeah. I get to. This yes. Is cool. Like you sign your name in cursive. Right. Yeah. Huh. It's kind of funny because my four-year-old, Jack, he is writing his name and he writes Jack now with the hook, like even more of a hook, kind of like a little extra hook. And he just started doing that last week. Ooh, a little like, flare. Hey, hey, 
hey, buddy, why are you writing your J like that? I don't know. I just like it. I'm like, okay, that's cute. Yeah. Hey. One of a kind. One, one of a kind. One of a kind. <laughs> he is. I love it. Little cutie. Mm, I love that. Anyway, oh, cursive. That's a, that's an interesting little tidbit. Yeah, little tidbit. Yeah. In cursive. I always try to tell my students about it and just so that they aren't surprised like I was the yeah. first time I took it. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. I wonder <laughs> I wonder if someone said, I actually don't know how to write cursive. If you could have like a dotted line, you know how you can like trace. <laughs> Do they have the traceable? I would have done that. <laughs> that that would have been way trace? easier. <laughs> Anyway. I mean, you sign the documents, so why is it? Yeah, I don't know. They're weird. Yeah. That's cool. They That's are cool. weird. All right. Well, how can you prepare for the EGRE? What's the best way to prepare? Part of it is making sure that you have a good study plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, knowing where you're starting yep. is key. And then setting a realistic goal. Uh, a lot of people who take the GRE, they've been away from school for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Or, again, even if they haven't, maybe they just graduated from college a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. They probably haven't seen a lot of the math since high school. Yeah, that's a good point. It, it's kind of crazy. A lot of a lot of our high school students talk about how they don't remember the math from last year or the year uh, before. Yes. And now you're talking about adding an extra five or six years. In yeah, there. it's rusty. It's rusty for yeah. sure. So I think making sure you, you set a realistic goal. I see a lot of students come in and they, again, initially they're not very strong, especially in that math portion. Mm-hmm. And they're basically going to have to relearn a lot of math. Yikes. Yeah. What is a realistic goal then? Can you like in, in points? Yeah. So some of it depends on where a student's starting from, Mm -hmm. but let's say a student is starting with roughly a 140 or one, 145. Mm -hmm. I think in, in a given short time frame, like six weeks, probably somewhere in the five to eight point range in each okay. section is realistic. Yep. Um, it's going to take some work in that time frame. But in, if we kind of have a longer plan and a bigger goal, mm-hmm. I think 10 to 12 points is realistic in each section. It's okay. just going to take a lot more time and energy. Yep. Good to know. So Good to know. Realistic and know goals. how. Again, it's a psychometric test. It's just different. Mm-hmm. And it's some of it is getting used to the different styles of questions. Unlike the ACT, which is psychometric, every question is multiple choice. And they may have some weird wording in some of them, mm-hmm. but like they do that same wording in all four sections. Yep. Here you have those, again, the one or more correct answers, multiple choice. Yeah. Or um, in the verbal portion, you, you actually have like a sentence equivalence piece where it's vocab, but now you have to find two synonyms that finish the sentence in the same way. And... And that's one question? It's just kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or there may Seems be... a little tricky. Right. Or there may be sentence completion where uh, some of them only have one word, and sometimes the words are difficult enough that one is enough. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but sometimes they have... They have um, sentence completion uh, questions where there are three blanks and you have to fit three different words into those blanks oh, wow. to complete it in a way that they want. Yeah, it seems like that would take of, a little bit of extra time. Yeah. One of the keys with questions like that is making sure you're paying attention to transition words. Mm-hmm. It can be very, very clarifying because uh, when you start reading through something and you're like, first of all, these words I'm not terribly comfortable with. And then this passage, this is like old English or yeah, like well, it's yeah. something historical from the American Revolution or mm-hmm. something like that. Like, yuck. It can just be a lot to try to take in. Yeah. So making sure you're looking for those little clues along the way. I like that. What yeah. else do we need to know about the GRE? It feels more intimidating than I think it is. Um, again, just don't try to bite off too much 
uh, all at once. Yeah. Uh, make sure you're, sp- I think six weeks is the minimum okay. time to prepare for the GRE, be- partially because of the vocab. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, there are three to 400 words that we would want a student to know. And right. that's, again, a fraction of what's actually tested. Right. Maybe you could have like a word of the day for six months right. and then start studying. Right. <laughs> exactly. And think about that. That's still only 100. 75 days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 75 double words. So double yeah, up. double up. Yeah. So it, it's going to take some time. The other thing that I'll throw out for vocab, something that I found very successful for students is oftentimes we don't necessarily need to know the actual definition of a word. Mm-hmm. We just need to need to know a, a little bit of context, a yeah. little bit of connotation. So I don't recommend my students ever memorizing definitions mm-hmm. because it doesn't stick quite as well. Right. I prefer that they actually write sentences with those words in mm. a context that they're familiar with. Maybe in cursive. Maybe in cursive. Maybe not, though. <laughs> Maybe. So, it, like, if I were, let's say my, I have an uncle who's kind of annoying. Okay. Right. And he's kind of. Who doesn't? Crotchety. Right. <laughs> maybe curmudgeon could oh. be. Maybe I, maybe I associate that word with that uncle. Right. Okay. It's a good. Yes. Good word. Or maybe you have a friend that is um, a great public speaker. You think mm-hmm. of them as loquacious. Mm. Right. Like, so pulling these GRE words and tying them to something that you're just, you know, right. Yeah. Like you're not going to forget that friend. You're not yeah. going to forget your, your crazy That's, uncle. Yeah. That's a right. good way of doing that. I, so, I like that. I think I think it just helps with that connotation because even if you don't remember exactly what the word was, like mm-hmm. you have a good sense. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that makes sense to me. I like that. Yeah. Putting it into a, a sentence makes it a little bit easier, especially relating that to your uncle right. or oh, a good public speaker. Yes. Right. Oh, right. Interesting. I like that a lot. Hmm. Perfect. All right. Well, if you guys have any other questions about the GRE in general, when to start studying, um, give us a phone call. Every person is, is different. Every student's going to be different. So um, give us a call and we'll walk you through it and we will help you study for the GRE and get the best score that you can get. Yeah, absolutely. I'm All excited. Right. I actually, I get, I nerd out a little bit about the GRE. So. Oh, I like it. <laughs> Excellent. Hey, thanks guys. Thanks All for right. joining us. See you next week. High school can be tough. We'll help you navigate some of the areas you need help with, including the college preparation process by providing advice for families. Every student is different and has a unique path. That's why we created this podcast. Our innovative and intentional approach builds confidence in the individual student. Listen each week to find out how students can score better on college placement tests with techniques and methods that build confidence, beat test anxiety, and identify strengths within each student. You're listening to Simply Smarter with hosts Caleb and Jill. Check out our blog at GetSmarterPrep.com for more college prep-related topics.